Hi, I'm Dave Plisky, and welcome back to For You and For Me, a new way to listen to Monsignor Kieran Harrington's homilies. On this 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we hear the story of Elisha prophesying the Shunammite's son in the second book of Kings. We hear Paul explain to the Romans the ontological nature of Jesus' death and what it means for us. And finally, Jesus' admonition to the apostles in the Gospel of Matthew for all of us to lose our lives for Jesus' sake. Monsignor elucidates for us, through a personal story, how a life committed to hospitality can be a real sign of living the Mass, a life of Christ. Last week on Sunday, I went to visit a friend of mine. He was an older guy, an older gentleman from my first parish. Uh, his mother, his, um, sorry, he was born in the same town as my mother in Ireland, in a place called Tubbercurry. And uh, I had known him fairly well. The only family I had ever really had dinner with in my first parish was his family. A number of months ago, his, uh, his daughter sent me a message and said, Dad is sick, and I kind of said, i got to make it a point to get to see her father. But of course, as life kind of gets in the way, I never got there. Until last, night, uh, last Saturday, when I got a message and said, uh, I don't think my father has much time. So I went to the house, and I walked into the house, and where the man would always be entertaining in the dining room was converted into a bedroom. And I looked at his face, all jaundice and thin, and I walked over to him, Pat, how are you? I'm fine. Fine. And then he would say to me something which was changed the entire dynamic. He said, Father, I'm tired. I'm tired. And at that moment, you know, when you see a man at the very end of his life and say he's tired, you know you don't feel sad for him to go home to the Lord. You know that it is a blessing. But the reason why I mention him is because of the readings today, because my friend Pat, uh, he was a waiter at the Carlisle Hotel. He waited on presidents and kings and princesses and heads of state and actors and everyone. He would always have, in his basement, he had all these little signatures of the people that he waited on. But what I would say to you, which is very interesting, is is that no matter whoever entered his house, he waited on them with the same attention that he would have waited on President Kennedy. He was a man who understood how to make someone feel comfortable in his home. He had an understanding, an appreciation for hospitality. And making someone feel welcome in his home was an important, an important work for him. In fact, one thing that I will tell you, if you know, if you're Irish, you know, that as soon as you walk in, one of the things people will generally say is, we have a drink. Now, it was one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. I did not want to have a drink. But, of course, I said to him, knowing that it was... Uh, knowing that it was probably going to be my last, I said, yes, I'll have a drink. And they poured a little whiskey into his glass with a straw, and he and I had a a drink together. He was attentive to trying to make me feel welcome as he lay in his bed, dying. We buried him yesterday, 
And at the funeral mass or the wake the night before, his granddaughter came up and I could see that she looked visibly, uh, visibly upset. And when she walked over, she hugged her grandmother and she said, I would never be a part of this family if it were not for grandpa. She was adopted. And he was the one who had arranged for that circumstance to take place. This was a man who poured himself out for others to make people feel welcome and even for this little girl to feel that she is a part of a family because she was a part of a family. What does all this mean for us? Well, if you listen to Kings, what is the focus on this woman, this widow woman? Is that she is attentive to hospitality. She's attentive to the prophet Elijah, and that's why the prophet Elijah says, what does she want? What does she need? What she needs is a child. And so he prays and intercedes for her to have a child. And to this day, if you go to a Passover supper in a Jewish home, you will know there is always an empty seat for the, for the prophet Elijah. The other thing that we may think about is what we hear in Romans. Death. My friend Pat went to Mass every day of his life. Every day of his life, he went to Mass. And even as he lay sick and dying, what he wanted to do was go to Mass. That's something which is remarkable, right? Because maybe for many of us, we come to Mass because it's our obligation. Maybe we kind of find it to be a bit of a dream. But for him, the reason why he wanted to come to Mass is because he was living the Mass. He was living the sacrifice of Christ each and every day, working very long hours for his family, but also to support his faith and his church. He didn't support simply by his, his financial support. He was someone who offered himself out. And remember, in our parish, they, we were putting a, rec, a chapel in the rectory. And Pat, who was a carpenter, despite the fact that he did not have a lot of time, spent the time to make an altar so that we would have an altar in the rectory. This is the place of sacrifice. He was the sacrifice. And so today, as we come together, we might consider for a moment this question about hospitality. You know, a lot, last week we heard the reading from Sodom and Gomorrah, and very often we, we think about that in the context of homosexuality and the, the evilness of homosexual acts. And that cannot be separated from the scripture. It's important for us not to kind of have a different hermeneutic. But one thing which is clear is that it was not simply located to this question of morality, but also it was an offense against hospitality because the acts were performed against people who were visitors, forcibly performed against visitors to the city of Sodom. This was seen as a great abomination, right? that the people you are supposed to welcome, not only do you not welcome, but you violate them. And so if we see, this, we see the, the problem in Sodom and Gomorrah, not simply is one a matter of sexual ethics, but also in the context of hospitality, that kind of ought to guide our understanding of the scriptures. Lastly, 
we come here to this place. What is the Eucharist? The Eucharist is thanksgiving. This is the Greek meaning of the word. And a person who is able to extend hospitality is a person who is grateful. A person who is able to extend hospitality to make other people feel welcome is a person who has cultivated a sense of gratitude. One of the great challenges we have in our world today is we do not really express gratitude as well as we ought to. Consider, when's the last time someone sent you a thank you note for something nice that you've done to them? Or if you've been to their house for dinner, have you received a thank you note? We've become very, 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 very transactional. Maybe you'll get a text. Maybe you'll get a phone call, but maybe not. Because we are not grateful so often for what people do for us, we are not always very focused on making people feel welcome. And what does the Lord do for us here at this place? He welcomes you, whatever the situation is in your life. He's not seeking that you're morally qualified or that you even have the right belief to approach the altar. Jesus pours himself out here at the altar in the form of bread and wine, these gifts which you give him. And he takes these gifts which you give him, which are very meager, which represent your life, and he transforms those gifts into his own son's body and blood. And he pours it out for your salvation. The reason why my friend Pat wanted to go to Mass every day is because he lived the Mass every day. The reason why it wasn't boring for him or a chore is because he was continually living the Mass. This is what we are called to do. And if you consider for a moment about the architecture of the church, one of the reasons why you see the pantheon of saints in the back wall of the churches is to be a reminder to you that when you come here to this place to receive the bread and wine, the body and blood of Christ, you are called to go out those doors into the world and to be the body and blood of Christ for the world. That our faith is not simply located here in this place, but it is called and meant to transform the world. Yesterday, we buried my friend Pat Durkin. He's an example of a Christian, an ordinary guy, a waiter, a father, and a husband who sought well to live the Christian life and to transform the world. May God bless you. If you're in Brooklyn, come meet Monsignor in person at the Co-Cathedral of St. Joseph at 9 a.m. or 12 noon on Sundays. On Twitter, you can tweet at Monsignor H and with the hashtag FYAFM, or you can email me comments or questions at podcast at desalesmedia.org, and I may be able to address them the next time we do a face-to-face episode. For You and For Me is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. For Monsignor Kieran Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by, for you and for me.